people in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, so today, I just want us to take a, 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 a short detour um, from uh, Philippians. Um, we normally um, are in uh, the book of Philippians, the Paul's letter to the Philippians, and we left with two sermons in Philippians. So I was thinking we should visit the psalmist um, today in Psalm 45. One, one thing about the psalmist is that um, psalms are like a, a, thermo, a thermometer uh, for, 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 for the soul. It, it measures our spiritual temperature. It, it measures, um, they, they, they measure uh, our relationship with God and, 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 and measure our walk with God. So I want us just to, to visit the Psalms a bit and look at Psalm 46. I want to, to focus just on verse 10 of Psalm 46 and the topic or title of the sermon today is Confidence in God. Confidence in God. Psalm 46. I'm just going to read the whole psalm for the sake of context. I want us to get the whole picture of the psalm as we go through it. And um, follow me as I read from the ESV. Psalm 46. This is God's word. Let us hear him. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roll and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah, which means pause and calmly think about that. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes the war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He bends the chariots with fire. And I'd like you to read verse 10 with me. Let us look at verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. And this is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, even as we visit the psalm, we, we pray, O oh God, that you draw our hearts to yourself, that our minds will be opened, O oh God, as we are met and, and, and convicted with this great truth that our hearts will respond to you with, with worship, with honor, with glory. We pray that you teach us your truth even today until, oh God, we are matured, until we walk with you in such a way that is pleasing in your sight. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Confidence in God. See, for the Christian... Knowing God is the greatest weapon when facing life and, and, and the challenges it presents on a daily basis. 
That is why Paul likens the word of God to a sword when he enumerates the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. We, we can face life without fear and panic when we truly know God. Job, in the midst of great loss, grief, and sickness, said to his friends in Job chapter 19, verse 25, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And what about Paul? With the prospect of the, of, with the, with the reality of death ahead of him, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he's able to guard until that day what he has entrusted to me. And in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 20, 24, God calls the people of Israel not to boast in their wisdom or, or their, their strength, their might, and, and their riches. But he says, let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Psalm 46, in Psalm 46 here, community who knew their God. The, the, the pronouns that are used um, in, 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 in the whole of this psalm indicate that it was a corporate psalm. Look at verse 1. He says, our. He uses that pronoun, our. Verse, verse 2, he uses we. And, and verse 7 and 11, he uses us. It was a corporate psalm. It was sung by a community. And this community was a community that knew their God. This is a community whose confidence was in God. It is, it is clear as you read the psalm that there was trouble around them, that they were facing trouble. They, they, they faced the danger of natural disasters and, and threats of war. Yet, in, it, 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 yet the mood of their song is that of confidence in God. There's the, the, the a shout in verse 2 of, we will not fear. In verse 2, as they declare this before the Lord, which when we're looking at the whole context of the psalm, it hangs on the fact that God is near. Verse 7 and 11 repeats the, that idea uh, vividly of the nearness of God. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The, the God of Jacob is our fortress. And I suggest that it would do us good if we fixed our minds on, on the words of the psalm. And you will notice upon the reading of this psalm that it has two voices. That there are two voices in this psalm. When you look at um, the, 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 the verse nine to, to verse one to verse nine, the, the, we see the voice of the confident singers. It is the voice of the, the singers that are singing corporately as a community that is fixing their eyes on God. And, and, and again, in verse 10, we see the voice of God here. It is God speaking himself. And I want us to focus on the first sentence of verse 10. God simply says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And from this sentence, we, two, we see two points. We see the command, first of all, and secondly, we see the confidence. Let us look at the command, verse 10. The, the command is found in these two words, be still. It's imperative. It's a, it's a command, be still. It speaks, of the, it speaks to the heart that is in turmoil, that, that is in confusion, in fear, in anxiety, and panic. And God says to this heart, be still. 
When you observe this psalm, you, you come to see the importance of this command from God, right? That there are things that we face in life that have a potential of putting us in crippling fear and, and anxiety. In, in, in the case of the psalm, we see natural disasters, first of all. The, the, the psalmist speaks of the earth that gives way, the, the mountains that, that is moved into the heart of the sea, the, the waters roaring and foaming, and the, the mountains that tremble and is swelling. This is an imagery of, of natural disasters like storms, like volcanoes and earthquakes, as, and they, they pose great and real danger on people, and they cause a lot of fear. At the heart of this fear is that they could not control what was happening around them, right? When you think about fear, fear, we, we, we usually fear what we cannot control. We fear what we cannot control. The Maasai tribe in, in, in Kenya is known as a fearless tribe. In fact, one of their initiation rites for, for the Maasai men to, to manhood is that at the age of 12, a, a, a young man should go out into the wild and kill a lion by himself and come back and, and then he will be known as a, as a man, as a valiant, courageous, fearless man. They are fearless and they are a courageous people. They, they fear nothing. There's nothing that they fear. They, they can face anything head on, but they fear one thing. They only fear one thing, drought. They fear drought because they have no control over it, right? They, 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 they cannot stop it from killing their livestock and, and leaving them in great hunger. They, 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 they have no control over it. So, so it is their, the worst thing that they fear. We usually fear what we cannot control. And I wonder what causes your heart to fear this morning. What, what, what causes your, your panic? What causes you to panic? I wonder what it is that you're thinking about that, is, that, is, that brings fear into your heart, that, that brings panic into your heart. There are a couple of things that we can think of that are, that are prevalent even in our time. Think about politics. Whenever people um, observe the, the political landscape, they, they grow anxious and fearful about what will happen to them. Uh, this was the case even in this psalm. The, the politics of the time were defined by nations warring against each other. Kingdom fighting against kingdom. Nation fighting against nation. The, the politics of the time caused great fear in the people. One of the most co uh, uh, contemporary problems or recent and prevalent problems that we have is the hiking petrol price. And thinking about the increase in petrol price can cause a lot of anxiety, right? Can cause a lot of anxiety, especially when you travel a lot. Think about sickness, weakness, lack of money, and so on and so forth. There are so many things that cause people to panic in their hearts and to, 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 to be fearful when, when considering the future. But God's call is very simple this morning. Be still. Be still. Keep, keep calm. Relax. 
God is saying, relax, keep calm, and just, just keep calm. In the noise of the pressures of the world, God calls us to draw near to him in calmness of heart. You see, a heart that is not calm is a heart that is not trusting in God. It shows that your trust has been oriented towards something. You, 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 you can confidently walk through life when you have money in your bank account or when the politics of the country are, are on your side or when, when the petrol price is, is below 16 rand. So uh, you can walk, confidently walk through life. And, and that shows that really you're not trusting God. You're trusting in things. You're trusting in yourself. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 says, it says, Thus says the Lord, cast is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. This man who trusts in man or even trusts in himself, whose confidence is in, his, is in his strength, he's turning away from the Lord. And God says, cursed is that man. Again, Solomon in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, wisely exhorts his children saying this. He says to them, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways. What is it that brings us to a state of peace, even in the midst of overwhelming difficulty? What causes us to look to God in trust in such moments? What is it? Well, this leads us to our second point, the confidence. The confidence. This, this confidence that uh, it, it does not rest in our own strength or our ability to persevere under great trial. It, it does not rest in our intellectual capabilities or the kind of connections I have in life, knowing the people in high places, the people that know the people. It does not rest in that, nor does it rest in the size of our bank account. It, 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 our confidence does not rest in those things, uh, but it rests on the solid, unshakable foundation of knowing God. God says, be still and know that I am God. That is the confidence. And know that I am God. The term for God used here is the Hebrew word Elohim, which means God most high or, or supreme God. God is saying, know that I am the most high, that I am the, the most supreme. It is the idea of God as the bearer of all authority. He says, be still and know that I am the most high God. It is in knowing that he is in control, that our hearts are brought to true peace, to true calmness, to true stillness. Our hearts are usually like the raging sea, right? Not calm. But then we, we find the Lord speaking in the midst of all that raging 
in our hearts, in the midst of all that panic. Like Jesus when he was in the boat, remember? Mark chapter 4. And, and his disciples were panicking because of the storm around them. They, they, they didn't know what to do. They, they thought they were dying. And Jesus was relaxed in the boat. And, 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 and they look at him. They say, Master, don't you care about us? Usually when we panic, that is the thought in our minds. It, it seems like God does not care. It seems like God is not with us. But, but when he wakes up, he doesn't even look at them. He, he looks at the raging sea and he says, be still. And it obeys him. It recognizes his authority. And it calms down. This should be our, our response to when the Lord calms the raging seas of our hearts. When the Lord says to us in the midst of panic, in the midst of fear, and he says, be still. We should respond like the ocean that sees the authority of the Lord. And we should be calm and still because God has spoken. Well, the question is, what do we know about God? Because he says, know that I am God. Psalm 46 gives us the answer. When you look at the context of the psalm, you see that he is a God who is near to his people. He is a God who is near to his people. In verse 1, the, the, the psalmist, this community that is, is confident in God declares with confidence the nearness of God to his people. Verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. This verse declares God's trustworthiness. He, he uses the words refuge and strength to communicate the truth that God is a dependable refuge for his people when everything around them seems to be falling apart. God is a dependable strength. He's a dependable refuge. He is. It's, it's, it's a matter of fact and reality. He says he, he's a very present help in trouble. He is readily and totally available in times of trouble. The, the presence of, of trouble does not mean the absence of God. So, so we, we need to be confident that when we run to him in times of trouble, his arms are wide open to receive us with his comforts. It should be our confidence that God is near us. The, the idea of God's presence is also found in verse 7. And verse 11, it says, the Lord of hosts is with us, and, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. It's a confident assertion of God's presence. There, there is no doubt that God is always present with his children. He is, he is closer to us. He, he's, a, he's a friend that sticks closer to, to us than a brother. Unlike the gods of the pagans who are, who are limited by by time and, and space, who, who needed to be moved from one to the other by, by the hands of their worshippers. God has no limits. He, he is the omnipresent God, the, the God who is present everywhere at the same time equally. He, he is not limited in his presence. He's here. He's there. He's with us. 
Amen. I'm, I'm just going to say this. My wife doesn't like it when I, when I make such uh, illustrations. We, we were praying and just meditating on the pres- omnipresence of God. And, and she said, you know, it's, it's amazing that God is here with us, but he's also there with the guy in the car. He is fully present. It's not like it's half him here and the other half is somewhere else. He is fully present in every place. This should give us that confidence in the midst of fear and, and, and panic and, and difficulty that we go through. We should, we should, we should be confidently aware of the presence of God. And so with that in mind, we, 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 we can with confidence declare the truth of verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, we will not fear. The, the Christian in Rustenburg can, can say, in the sense of this text, can say this, Therefore, we will not fear, though the petrol price is, is 16 rent per liter and continues to increase, though the mines close down and stop operating, though the, politics continue, the, the politicians continue to make and break promises, we will not fear because God is with us. Amen? We will not fear. And the reason we will not fear is not because we have the resources to not fear. It is because God is with us. That is our greatest reason for our confidence. He is with us. It reminds me of Psalm 23 verse 4, the most famous psalm. Where the psalmist in in the midst of danger from, from animals that could be attacking him, he says... Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God is with me. Your your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because God is near, because he's a refuge and strength, a, a very present help in times of trouble, we have no reason to be afraid we, we have no reason to panic or, or to be anxious. There is no reason. Not only is he near, but he provides for his children. He provides for his children. Look at verse 4 and verse 5. It says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. This psalm was mostly, most likely written after victory of war. And the picture that is communicated here in this verse, in verse 4 and 5, is a picture of a city that is surrounded by army enemies from all corners. And to make matters worse, they were running out of water supply. They were running out of water as a city. And they are surrounded by enemies. 
Water was a precious commodity in Palestine, and especially in Jerusalem, one of the few ancient cities that was not built on a river. They had no water supply, and some, the, the, the only king who, who managed to, to improve the technology of getting water into the city was Hezekiah. He was able to, to make the passages for the water to come into the city. But besides that, the, the idea here is that as they were surrounded, even though there was no water supply, God would sustain the city. He would provide and preserve for the city. In the midst of lack, in the midst of desperation, in the midst of difficulty, God would be the provider. There's a river whose streams make the city of God glad. He is the river of life. He is the one to sustain and to keep. He's the one to preserve in the midst of difficulty. He's the one to uphold us and to carry us through life's difficulties. He's the one who is with us whenever we're sick. He's the one who's with us whenever we are in want, whenever we are in plenty, whenever we are in, in trial. He's the one who is there for us. A lot of times we, fi we find ourselves in great need and instead of running to God, we try to find our own ways and to make means by our own ways, even to the point of dishonoring God with the, th with the things that we do. Right? Even to the point of dishonoring God. We, we need to regularly remind ourselves of this simple fact. He is God. He is God. He is near us and he is our provider. And doesn't the cross give us enough proof of that? That the cross of Christ Jesus, doesn't it give us enough proof that he is God? Then when we could not do anything to save ourselves, to, to, to bring ourselves to God, when, when there was nothing in us that was pleasing to God, then when we were sinners, dead in our sins and trespasses, children of wrath, when we were hopeless, without hope in the world, he gave us his son to die in our place. Isn't that enough proof that God is with us, that he will provide for us, that he will make a way for us. If nothing seems to convince you this morning, maybe Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 will. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, in the midst of panic and anxiety and fear, we pray that our hearts will remember this simple call. Be still and know that I am God. Amen.